Happy Monday to you. I hope your weekend was awesome. Toronto Blue Jays get the series win over the lowly Oakland Athletics over the weekend on the strength of a Saturday and Sunday victory. And probably the best thing that happened in this series was Vlad with a pair of hits in all three of those games, including hitting his first and second home run so far this season at Rogers Center. Had 19 last season at Rogers Center, right? Like, Vlad, let, let, let's get it going, right? Toronto Blue Jays off today, and thank goodness, is they're sort of like us, right? They hate Mondays as well. Blue Jays just 1-7 and seven so far this season on Monday, so nice to have them off today. So I thought we'd spend today deep diving and taking a look at what we've seen in the first half of the season from the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes, the official midway point is Wednesday, but we'll already have a packed show on Wednesdays. There's a game that day with the hound on the mound trying to get things turned around and rebound, right? We know Chris Bassett. Come on, come on, big fella. So I thought we'd spend today, the off day, deep diving what we've seen so far from the Toronto Blue Jays at the midway point. You are locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Been locked on the Toronto Blue Jays pretty much my entire life. Ever since I can remember, I'll tell you that. This is my first year as the host of the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. And of course, keep in mind the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Also want to keep in mind that every single Toronto Blue Jay game is available for you to catch this season on SiriusXM. If you're taking in this episode today on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast YouTube channel, want to thank you for that. Want to welcome new subscriber Stoner2403. Thank you for hitting that subscribe. And if you are watching it on YouTube, please hit that like, leave that comment, hit that subscribe, please, and thank you. For the everydayers making the Locked On Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen every day, I see you and I thank you for that. Please hit that five-star rating and help the podcast grow as well. You know, you have a friend, you have a family member that's a Blue Jay fan, a co-worker, your Uber driver, your DoorDash delivery person wearing a Blue Jay hat. I mean, you name it. Put the podcast in their hands. Let's help the Locked On Blue Jay podcast grow. So again, as I mentioned, off day for the Blue Jays today. So we're, we're you know, it, Wednesday is the official midway point of the season. So we're a couple days early, but still, we, we've seen enough to know what the first half of the season looked like. And again, Wednesday's show will, will be jam-packed already. So let's jump into that, the, what we've seen so far in the first season. That's what today's show is going to be about. And of course, and very sadly, right, none of us are happy about this, but what, what has been the main storyline, the top storyline, not just for the first half of the Toronto Blue Jays this season, but really one of the, one of the biggest storylines in all of baseball is the massively sharp decline of Alec Manoa. That's the Blue Jays opening day starter this season. That's the Alec Manoa that finished third in Cy Young voting last season. That's the Alec Manoa who set a Toronto Blue Jay franchise record for the best whip walks and hits per innings pitched last season. Like that's the absolutely on fire Alec Manoa who right here right now is not even on the big league level. Just a stunning, stunning, stunning turn of events. All of the projection systems in the offseason, they all projected that, that Manoa's ERA would double the season, that his ERA would be in the fours this season. And I remember talking to my cousin at the beginning of the season, and 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 because I was mentioning that, right, uh, in the in the in the week leading up to the Blue Jays season, we every day as we'll remember, we deep dive that subject. And my cousin just saying, I mean, that can't be true. How can all of the projections have Alec Manoa taking sub, such steps backwards? And it, it, they all have his ERA in the fours this season. I didn't see it coming. I didn't agree with that. I'm absolutely stunned for with what we've seen from Alec Manoa. Truth be told, can you even believe at this point? I mean, his ERA is at 6.36. At this point, we would welcome an ERA down in the fours. Just, just stunning, stunning. A minus 1.2 war for Alec Manoa Whew, to start this season. My goodness. He's 1-7, 6.36 ERA. At the Rogers Center, he's 0-4. 
8.68 ERA. Pardon me, 8.68 ERA for the big fella in front of the home crowd. He was 12 and 4 with a 2.38 ERA coming into the season at Rogers Center. 12 and 4, 2.38 ERA for the big fella at the Rogers Center. That four still remains, but unfortunately, it's now instead of 12 and 4, it's now 0 and 4 this season. And that ERA has quadrupled. Are you kidding me? The Blue Jays just four and nine when Alec Manoa on the mound. Now, that's overall. They remember now they won his first three starts, so they lost nine of his last ten starts. They were thirty four and seventeen in Alec Manoa starts. They were thirty four and seventeen coming into this season. So to be four and nine is stunning. The so four and nine with Manoa losing nine of his last ten. Then Richards remember that that bullpen game in those next two Alec Manoa slots in the rotation. They lost both of those. So in the Alec Manoa spot in the rotation, the last dozen times that has come up for the twenty twenty three Toronto Blue Jays, they've won once. They've won one of those twelve games. Six if they were six and six or five hundred team over that span. And again, that's that's the slot where your ace was at, right? So I'm not even asking for a lot here at five hundred. That's probably still underwhelming, but wouldn't we take it here? They'd be tied for the top wild card spot if that was the case. Even four and nine over the or, or, or three and nine, right? Over those 12 games, even something like that would have them firmly in the second wild card spot. So just unbelievable the losing that has taken place from Alec Manoa and from that spot in the rotation so in other words Manoa's free fall has really had a lasting you know a domino effect on, on that Blue Jay bullpen and, and on that spot in the rotation my goodness overall in the first half the Toronto Blue Jays 43 and 36 that's an 88 pace win now, I mean, you can't be happy or thrilled with that, right? But everydayers will know that we did a lot of deep diving at the beginning of the season of this schedule and what an absolute bear this thing was in the first half of the season. Blue Jays have already played more than half of the road games, for example, at this point of the season. After the All-Star break, the Blue Jays will play 71 games, 40 of those at home. Like the schedule is really opening up the heavy, heavy, heavy lifting of that incredibly, it's the toughest schedule I've ever seen. And it's not nefarious or anything like that, right? It's because of the Blue Jays. It's because the Rogers Center wasn't available it's because of the renovations. But nonetheless, what it, regardless of what the reason is, just an, the, the hardest schedule I've ever seen to start a season, does it ever open up? The heavy lifting on, on that part of the schedule is done. Things open up big time here. I want to really shout out in the first half of the season that the Blue Jays are 12 and 7 in one run games. There are some good one run game teams in, in the national league, in the American league. No one is close to the Toronto blue Jays, 12 and seven by far, by a mile, the blue Jays, the best team in the American league in those close one run games, Now, just four and five in extra inning games. I'm certainly going to say that ain't great. We were talking earlier, as I said, one and seven on Mondays. They're like us nine and three on Fridays. They're like us. The blue Jays aren't like us, right? 14 and six, the San Francisco giants coming into town now tomorrow. The, the beyond hot San Francisco Giants. So that'll be another National League team that the Blue Jays uh, have played here. Well, in the first half, they played a National League team 20 times, 14 wins. Is that good? Is that getting it done? How about last season? Toronto Blue Jays 12 and 18 versus lefties. By far the worst in baseball, by far, especially for contending teams. Like it wasn't even close. They went 12 out of the 30 games against Southpaws. It was by far the worst in baseball. This season, seven and six. Are we writing home about seven and six? Are we thrilled about seven and six? I mean, probably not, but where it came from in comparison to last season, yeah, I'm going to take a seven and six first half of the season for the Toronto Blue Jays against lefties. Absolutely, yes. And also in the first half of the season, one other thing I want to point out that I really liked from the Toronto Blue Jays is they did take care of business against the teams they're supposed to take care of business against. I know everybody wanted them to sweep the Oakland A's, but I mean, 
you can't just go around sweeping every team all the time, right? But the Blue Jays, so far in the first half of the season, have played 21 teams that had a record under 500. They're 16 and 5. They're 16 and 5 in those games. It's about the third or fourth time here that I'm going to say, even though a lot of these things are a little bit underwhelming, I'm still going to say I'm going to take it. And really, remember, the underlining point of why it keeps, or why some of these things, hey, I'm going to take that, is because, as we've talked about, the schedule is about to really open up. There's a lot of schedule wins coming up for the Toronto Blue Jays as we close, get into the All-Star break, and especially after the All-Star break. In the first half of the season, we saw the Blue Jays. They started at 1-3, and three, then they'd win their next four games, and, and they haven't been back to 500 since. Twice in the first half of the season, they got all the way down to just one game over 500, but never back to 500 since that first week of the season. Since April, Saturday, April 29th, that was the high point. Saturday, April 29th, Kevin Gosman threw an absolute jam. It would, he established that new career high with 13 strikeouts. That was a, that was that one nothing game that Saturday, if I remember correctly, against the Mariners. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was that Saturday game at home against the Mariners. Uh, Zach Pop, uh, Romano, and Swanson all came in and, and, and shut the door. In the bottom of the, that was the game in the bottom of the eleventh with the bases loaded. Of our show, rocked that ball out to right field. Blue Jays won one nothing. That put the Blue Jays at eighteen and nine. And that nine games over five hundred. That's the high point of the first half. At twenty six and twenty five and twenty seven and twenty six. Again, there's those two times the Blue Jays in the first half came within one game, just just one game over five hundred. Currently now it's seven games over five hundred. More deep diving the first half of the Blue Jay season in just a moment here as we're about to get into looking at the production we've seen on the road versus the production we've seen at Rogers Center. And be sure to check into the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast tomorrow as we deep dive what we've seen in the first half so far from the pitching staff. And we deep dive the first half of the player that I proclaimed needed to be the 2023 Toronto Blue Jay X Factor every day as you'll remember who, who that was, I'm sure. But first, I wanted to mention that for a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and then look for the green check mark to know that that part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop at eBay Motors with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. How about on the road? We've talked about what an absolute bear the road schedule has already been for the Blue Jays. Jay started nine and seven on the road, started really well on the road, but that disastrous three and nine road trip. You'll remember it. First four games at Boston swept at Boston unceremoniously swept. Remember the Blue Jays came into this season, having won 20 of the last 24 meetings against Boston. Jays were on a 20 to four run. Well, the Red Sox swept them, just smacked them right out of town four straight. Really odd. The Blue Jays would sweep that weekend series against the Pirates, but then they finished that road trip with being swept in that little mini two-gamer at Philly. So that three and six road trip really turned things around on the road for the Blue Jays. I mean, the, the only reason the Blue Jays are even at 500, 22 and 22 in the first half of the season on the road is they had those back-to-back weekends where they swept Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh and they swept the Mets at the Mets. How about against the American League East? Well, you talk about stats that definitely need to improve in the second half. 14 road games in the first half against American League East foes. Remember, they started 2-1. and one. Remember, the first road trip of the season against the American League East was at New York at Yankee Stadium. Jays took 2-3. to three. Great start. In the 11 games that have followed against American League East road teams, two wins. Two wins. 
four and ten first half for the Toronto Blue Jays against American League East foes on the road in a division this tight. That is not going to cut it. The best road game, speaking of division rivals, that was that 20 to one game at Tampa Bay. Now that unfortunately that was their only win in that series. That was a four game series. That was game two. It was the only game the Jays won that series. And of course, in typical, you know, feast or famine, no consistency to this offense in the first half, you know, very typical. They would, they would take over five games after that 20 run game against Tampa. I think it was on the Tuesday, if I remember correctly, they would take five more games and then into the sixth game, they would get the 20th run. So it took them five more games to amass. I think it was 19 runs. And then on that sixth game, they got that 20th run. So 20 runs, one game, and then right back to being that three or four run per game team that unfortunately that we've seen so far this season. For the the and, and you talk about run scored, the last two seasons, the Toronto Blue Jays, last two seasons have been top four for runs scored. 16th this season. Well, 16th. We knew the offense would be different. I, I mean, I've admitted every day as well. We'll, we'll, we'll know. I've said a few times here that that I was just wrong about the how massive the steps backwards would be for the offense. I thought the offense would be pretty similar as far as the production, as far as runs scored. They weren't going to be hitting home runs to drive in runs. We could see that a lot of power went out the door the last couple of years. We could see that, but I thought they'd be able to manufacture. Thought they'd be able to score runs much differently than they have in the past and still be okay, still be just fine offensively. Boy, oh boy, we haven't seen it. The, the Blue Jays are a top five. They're, they're number five in all of baseball for the best batting average. So how can you be number five in all of baseball, but you're 16th in runs scored, your top five batting average, 16th in runs scored. Well, it's because no team in the American League leaves more men on base than the Toronto Blue Jays, and no team in the American League leaves more men in scoring position. Don't we know this? It's the reason for this, right? It's the reason for the bald head, how the Blue Jays have hit in the first half of this season with runners in scoring position. Speaking of the power, what have we seen in the first half? Well, 2014 was the last time the Toronto Blue Jays did not hit at least 200 home runs in a season. They're on pace for 177. And I say 2014 was the last time they didn't hit at least 200. There were some, some steps backwards that were already happening right before the tail trade, before the Lord trade. I mean, last year's team hit exactly 200 home runs. So we were seeing some steps backwards fine, but I mean, this pace for 177 this season, barely over one per game. I, 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 it's a significantly bigger step backwards than what I saw coming from this offense. I'll say that Blue Jays are top 10 in hits. They're top 10 in doubles. They're top 10 in stolen and stolen bases. They're top 10 in on base percentage. They're top 10 in total bases. I mean, all kinds of check marks, right? All kinds of green, green, green check marks for the offense in the first half of this season. That last season, the Blue Jays averaged 9.04 hits per game. This season, Blue Jays averaged 9.04 hits per game. It's all about, the power diminishing and really just such a lack of hitting with runners in scoring position. How about at home? What have we seen from the Blue Jays in the first half at home? 21 and 14 record. Uh, average attendance at uh, a titch over 35,000. Now that's the best it's been in six years. So the renovations, the hype around the team, we see, you know, the, the excitement for Toronto Blue Jay baseball absolutely doing really, really well right now. At home, the Blue Jays started 12 and three. They were an absolute house of fire. Remember they had that sweep in there against the Shy Sox, against the Chicago White Sox. They won that first game 5-2, then won 7-0 and 8-0, complete domination. And then I think it was the next week, that weekend at home against Hotlanta. Remember the Hotlanta Braves came into town. Jays unceremoniously just smacked them, just swept them right out of town as well. Now, since then, since that 12-3 and start, 
just nine and 11, nine wins in 20 home games for this team. Wow. Wow. This team has been on fire at home since they returned in 2021 from COVID. So that's a stunner. The only highlight lately at home for the Toronto Blue Jays was taking three out of four in that Houston series. Remember, Houston walked in the door in game one of that four-game series, put six up against the – was Gosman, I think, right? Puts, just, just punched the Blue Jays right in the mouth and then would go on to uh, win that game 11-4, but the Jays took the next three. That's really been the only highlight in the last several weeks as this first half of the season comes so close for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, as we continue to take a look at what we saw in the first half for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays, we want to go back because I want us to deep dive something specific. Everydayers will remember we deep dive this at the beginning of the season. If you're an everydayer, you know full well there was a lot about the offseason that I liked for the Toronto Blue Jays. The There were a lot of moves. Now, now we know the offense, in, you know, in particular the power, was going to take steps backwards, but massively improved team defense is what we thought we were in for. That's what we've seen in this first half unprecedented team base running a lot of base running blunders yes absolutely but the the versatility and the speed the stolen bases it, it's not just the 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 rule changes right that are leading to the blue jays being i would say more creative more aggressive and more successful than we've ever seen on the base pass in particular for the steals it's it's the roster itself a lot of stolen base guys brought in kiermaier can run bases very well whit merrifield can run bases very well dalton varshow can run bases very well so a lot of the the recent additions to the toronto blue jays we're going to see some of the power take steps backwards no doubt about it but again the the defense has been as advertised and the team base running has been as advertised now even with that said, with the new, you know, the flexibility that was brought in, the, the way that this team was constructed, which, I, again, I did like, even with that said, I firmly believed this, and I still firmly believe this. I still think that the key to the Toronto Blue Jays offense in 2023, the heavy lifting has to be done by the usual cast of characters, not any of the new guys. I'm talking about the top of that lineup, George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., None of these three gentlemen performed to their potential last season. And for 24, 25-year-olds like Bo and Vlad, never mind performing to their potential or, or what their average season has been. We needed, we wanted steps forward, and the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays absolutely require steps forward from these batters. George Springer, Bo, and Vlad last season, in wins, they combined to hit over 300. In losses, they combined to hit just 240. In losses, all three of their OPSs were in the 700s. This is completely unacceptable. When either when any of these three hit a home run in their first or second at bat for the Blue Jays, so in other words, where the table setters got things going, where the catalysts like they need to be and are supposed to be for the Blue Jays, Jays went 17 and five in those games. So you see the importance these guys bring to the table. So in the first half of the season, what have we seen from George Springer, Boba Shit, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Well. Bo, I mean, we're not going to have a whole lot to talk about with Bo, right? Certainly not in the negative category. We can just sort of take it as read that he has been awesome. We will get to Bo in a moment, though, of course, because because he deserves to be highlighted. He has been sensational in the first half of 2023. Springer and Vlad, they're hitting 300 when the Blue Jays win. They're eight. The Blue Jays are eight and three when either Springer or Vlad homer in either their first or their second at-bat of the game. We talked about that, right? Being that catalyst, setting that table for the Blue Jays, 8-3. and three. They were 17-5 and five last season under those same circumstances. Now, Springer and Vlad in losses, again, hitting 300 in wins, 239 in losses. And George Springer's OPS in losses, 612. 
So we can talk a lot and should talk a lot because the entire team, I mean, believe it or not, Springer, Bow, and Vlad are actually doing well with runners in scoring positions. So we know the main issue of the Toronto Blue Jays this season offensively has been the hitting with the runners in scoring position. But I still say that I just really believe the top of this lineup here has to be the one doing the heavy lifting. Have we seen that from George Springer? Have we seen that from Bo? Have we seen that from Vlad? Well, we're starting with Springer here. My goodness, 1.1 war so far for George Springer. That's seventh amongst position players. Now, he shouldn't have a higher war than, or shouldn't have a lower war than the DH. The DH doesn't get the, the defensive aspect of war. So of a nine-player nine team, George Springer is seventh currently on the team with that 1.1 more. I mean, is that going to cut it? My goodness. Remember, he was five for six on opening day, and then we started to see the struggles right away. We started to see the inconsistencies right away. That opening day was chef's kiss. It was incredible. He had five hits opening day. Over the next seven games, he totaled five hits over 32 at-bats. I mean, we saw the, the struggles start to happen early. Now, yes, he did have one yesterday, and it was awesome, and thank goodness, and 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 let, let's see a lot more that I'm talking about that leadoff Springer dinger, right? That Springer dinger that leads off a game for the Blue Jays. It's just the third time he's done that this season. Did it nine times last season. Now, yes, George Springer did have a stretch of a few weeks where he was hitting the ball hard with bad luck. It's very true. But one thing that really stands out to me at this point he's got 300 at bats halfway through the season now that's the same amount of at bats that he had during that injury plagued 2021 so he's got the exact same games played and, and amount of at bats right now at the midway point of 2023 as he had in 2021 well in 2021 in those 300 at bats he had 22 home runs just 11 half of that production this season and the average in, is lower than it was in 2021, and the on-base percentage is lower than it was in 2021, and the OPS. Springer's OPS in 300 at-bats in 2021 was 907, extremely legit, like down, downright really good. It's 741 this season. <sighs> I mean, is this the heavy lifting we talked about? We talk about Springer, Bowen, Vlad. We need, in, in my opinion, again, right, need Springer at least playing to his potential. Now, for Bowen, Vlad, these guys are, you know, 24, 24 year old youngsters, 23, 24, 25 in that age range where, where we need to see steps forward from those guys. For George Springer, he's probably more down that road where, where he sort of is who he is. But again, so we, we need him, the Toronto 2023 Toronto Blue Jays need George Springer at least performing to what they've seen him perform to in the past. And so far in this first half, I know it's unpopular. People love George Springer. I know it, but I have to call it the way I see it. It, it, just, it just hasn't been good enough for George Springer in this first half. This will be the fourth season in a row and third season in a row with the Toronto Blue Jays where he's not even hitting to his career average. Again, talk about someone, I don't need George to take steps forward, but we need George to at least hit to what he's hit to in the past. All three of his Blue Jays seasons, he's also below his career average for on-base percentage. And this season, his slugging percentage and his OPS for George Springer in the first half, he is on pace for by far the lowest slugging and the lowest OPS in his career. He's on pace for the worst war of his career. George Springer, the most double plays he's ever hit to in, in, in his career in a season is 12. He's already at 10. He's already at 10 in the first half. I mean, so easy to love George Springer and cheer for him. Seems like a great teammate. I get all the good stuff that you're going to throw at me. I get it. I'm right there with you. But, man, cut and dry. The first half of the season was not – could 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 not – I just can't say it was acceptable from George Springer. Needs such a better second half from George Springer. 
in 2015, here's one really good thing. You know, let, let, let's really, because he's deserving of, of this praise. In 2015, George Springer had his best season on the base pass. He stole 16 bases, was caught just four times. Last season, he was uh, stole 14 bases, caught just twice. That 14 stole, uh, steals last season actually led the team. Well, George Springer already has 12. He's only been caught twice this season, already has 12 stolen bases this season. So George on the base paths has been better than we've seen him before. It's it's getting him on the base pass, right? Next on Locked on Blue Jays, we deep dive what we've seen in the first halves from Bo and from Vladdy. Reminder that you can catch all the Blue Jays games on SiriusXM. And remember that tomorrow we deep dive what we've seen from the pitchers and take a look at my first half, how my X factor has fared in the first half so far for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now for now, let's deep dive. Let's see what we've seen from Bo and Vladdy, right? How about Bo? Speaking of being on the base pass, oh my goodness. Well, you know what? Let's let's start with Bo's defense. That's always what people want to talk about, right? Bo's defense. Bo had 24 errors in 2021. He had 23 errors in 2022. In 2023, he's on pace for 17 errors. 17 errors from a, from the shortstop position, from somebody who's a, a hitting machine like Bo Bichette, I'm going to say I'll take it. Bo's hitting 318. That leads the American League. It's third in all of baseball. Bo Bichette this time last season, the first half last season, was hitting 256. He's improved his defense and added 60 points from where he was at, at this point last year to his batting average. I mean, is that good? Wow. Bobochet hitting over 300 in day games. Bobochet hitting over 300 in night games. Bobochet hitting over 300 versus lefties. Bobochet hitting over 300 versus righties. Bobochet hitting over 300 if the Blue Jays put him in the leadoff spot. Bobochet hitting over 300 if the Blue Jays put him in the second spot. Bobochet hitting over 300 if the Blue Jays put him in the third slot in the batting order. He has been, I'm doing, we're doing double chef's kiss for how good Bo has been in the first half of the season. Leads the league in games played, at bats, and hits. 3.5 war so far for Bobochet. That's fifth in all of baseball. Leads the Blue Jays by a mile. Fifth in all of baseball. Bo's average, again, talk about especially Bo and Vlad. Can't just see what we've seen before. They both need to take steps forward for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays. Well, has Bo taken steps forward? His average, his on-base percentage, his slugging percentage, and his OPS all all on pace for career. It's all on pace to finish well above his career average. Bo getting it done. Bo Bichette, 12th in MVP voting in 2021, 11th in MVP voting in 2022. And if things keep going this way, I mean, we're for sure going to see a top 10 MVP voting. He keeps us up with the war. Like, is there a scenario? We talked about the schedule really opening up for the Blue Jays in the second half. Can they make a huge run and and threaten Tampa for, for the American League East division? I'm going to say probably not, but it wouldn't shock me that a huge run happens where the Blue Jays are the first wildcard team. So in other words, a stellar second half to go with the first half we've already seen from Bo. I think these things add up to a top five, maybe a top three MVP finish for Bo Bouchette. That is how good, that's the start he's off to in this first half of 2023. Bobochet coming into last season had hit into 14 double plays in his entire career. Well, he hit into 21 last season alone, by far a career worst, on pace for 15 this season. So even that aspect of his game has improved. How about our man Slim Daddy Vladdy? How about Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Oh boy. 709 OPS in losses, 851 OPS in wins. Does is does is Vlad important? Is Vlad important to contribute to wins? Has, has he been the Vlad that we expected him to be? Has he been the Vlad that we needed him to be? I'm going to say, I mean, how, how can we say he has been? In 2021, Vlad led the league in seven different categories. Since then, 
The only offensive category he's led the league in is last season. He led the league in grounding into double plays. This season, he's leading the league in grounding into double plays. Are you kidding? That's that's an extreme fall off. How about extreme fall offs? How about forty eight home runs for Vlad in in twenty twenty one? Forty four cents. 48 home runs in 2021 in the season and a half that have followed 44 311 in 2021 just 287 cents and i say just right i mean for how many hitters it, it, it's high 90 percentages right high 90 percent uh, uh, of batters would love there's no such thing as only 287 for most hitters in baseball for vladimir guerrero jr for for vlad who i have pegged as special who i've pegged as first ballot hall of famer anything below 300 for me completely unacceptable 1.2 war we talked about springer and his 1.1 war being seventh best amongst position players on the blue jays vlad is sixth best how how that is not that is not the start that would that we needed or, or that i even saw coming for the 2023 vladimir guerrero jr 655 ops at home hmm defensive and base running blunders mental and physical uh, I mean, the, the sort that you just would not expect from vlad our, our defensive and, and and mental lapse is going to happen it's a six-month season it's 162 games of course but for somebody as dialed in and that baseball savvy and brains like vlad we're seeing a lot more defensive and base running mental blunders than 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 is acceptable the, uh, the summer blaming the the, the fact that you know he, he doesn't have Lourdes here anymore or Teo here. I mean, that's all just completely ludicrous. So no one in that Blue Jay clubhouse, uh, uh, Vlad doesn't get along with anyone in that Blue Jay club. Are you kidding me? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. brings the party with him. His his best friends are whoever his teammates are. Vlad grew up in base in Major League Baseball locker rooms. He's seen a zillion times coming to work with his dad. And hey, where's Uncle Juan? Oh, Uncle Juan was traded last night. Here's your new uncle. Here's Uncle Ricky. Like he would have seen the business of baseball since ever since he could remember. So the Blue Jays conducting business this offseason that happened to involve Tay and Lourdes? No, that is that is not at all something that is bringing down Vlad. If anything, I do wonder about the wrist issue. Because even though the power was decent, it wasn't wasn't Vladimir Guerrero Jr.-esque before the wrist injury. The, the batting average, the, the, the amount of hits he was getting, the production was certainly legitimate. He, he was hitting over 300 prior to that wrist injury. He was hitting over 300 prior to that wrist injury. Last season... If Vlad gets the same at-bats this season as he got last season, then he's on pace to hit 25 home runs. Does that sound like Vladimir Grudge? Again, I'm going to go right back to how many major league players would sign up right now for a 25 home run season. It's going to be a career high. It's going to be a career high. For some, it's going to be massively a career high. For Vladimir Guerrero Jr., mm -mm, not at all in line with his potential. Can you believe now? Yes, Vlad hit the first two home runs at, at home this season the, the other day, right? I mean, thank goodness for that. Yes, obviously. But but can I say something here? There were 370. Really take this in. There were 370 big leaguers who hit a home run in their home ballpark this season before Vladimir Guerrero Jr. There shouldn't be 370 big leaguers doing anything under any circumstances offensively prior to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So, Bo, the first half, I already gave you the two chef's kisses. It was fantastic. Keep on doing what you've been doing. George Springer, need the second half to be significantly better than this first half. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., need the second half to be significantly better than this first half. That will wrap up Monday's Locked On Blue Jay podcast. No game today, but if there was, of course, you could catch it on SiriusXM. See you tomorrow as we deep dive the pitching, what we've seen so far. Plus, take a look at how my X Factor is doing. Go Jays, go, and we'll talk tomorrow.